and you're moving to Toronto on your own, like, was it scary or were you really excited? Didn't you move with a boyfriend or something, actually? No, I moved with a band. They were at Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Money, Mindset, and Manifestation podcast. I'm your host, Marley Rose Harris, and I'm here to talk to you about all things entrepreneurial, personal growth, and self-development with a little side of spiritual woo-woo. I have successfully turned my side hustle into a multiple six-figure business while traveling the world and living a life I've only dreamed of. I hope by listening to this show inspires you to do the same and start manifesting everything on your vision board. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Mindset Manifestation Podcast. It's episode 100, which is so crazy. We've officially been doing the podcast for, what, like two and a half years now, I guess? Something that stirred as really just like a passion project and just an outlet for me to talk about all these crazy things. Anyways, I'm just so grateful for every single one of you being here, following the show, just being a part of this community. It's truly the best, most supportive community I know. And I just want to say thank you for being here and thank you for always listening and tuning in and just being the best. So for the 100th episode, we have a very special guest who I have dragged by her hair to be here. (laughs) Um, I have my mom on the show today. I put a poll on Instagram on, okay, who do you guys want to see in the podcast? And like all of you voted for my mom. So are you excited to be here, mom? Yes. Well, we have some fun questions. So for the listeners who maybe don't know, you know, much about you yet, what do what do you do in the day? What is your job? Well, I own a natural skin care business. So I, I handcraft the skincare products using local herbs and sustainable ingredients. And I sell them online and at local stores and at fairs and markets. Yes, and everyone always asks me where I get my entrepreneurial spirit from, and it's like every one of my family is an entrepreneur, and it's called the Mama Skincare. And what inspired you to start your own, you know, organic skincare brand? Because you know I've seen you doing it for like basically my whole life, and it's obviously a very big labor of love. Like you literally go out and pick the products from the fields. <laughs> And you now have bees, which we'll get into. But, like, what inspired you to start this skincare brand? Well, it was over 25 years ago. I was looking for natural skincare products for raising a young family and for myself. And I had um, fragrance allergies and everything that I came across was made commercially with fragrances that would irritate me. And even when I was a young girl wearing lipstick, I was in ballet and wearing lipstick, I would wear a commercial lipstick and I would get a sore throat. So I I just never wore lipstick as a young woman and until I started making my own lipstick. Wow. And so what exactly were you allergic to in those lipsticks? Do you know? I'm not sure because if you look at commercial lipstick, it's got like a hundred different ingredients, just the same as fragrances, the synthetic fragrances, there's literally thousands of different synthetic fragrances. So 
it's hard to really detect which is what you're allergic to. And your new lipstick doesn't cause any irritation? No, it's all natural. It's 95% organic, all natural colorants. Yeah, it's really good. I remember sampling them when I was younger and being like, ooh, trying them all on. <laughs> so let's go way back. So for everyone listening, can you tell the audience like where you grew up and kind of like what it was like growing up, you know, well, give away, but in Montreal and then moving when you were very lo- young to Toronto? Well, I moved when I was 18 didn't seem young at the time (laughs) and because I my passion was pastries so I wanted I was determined to become a pastry chef even though I wasn't didn't have that much um experience no support I love baking at home I just love baking but I didn't have support to to become but I I I just I tried a few different little things and then I just went for it and went to um, well, I started at George Brown and then I got a job at the Four Seasons doing my apprenticeship and so then I did my apprenticeship in pastry and but what about pastries like attracted you oh. like what was it about becoming a pastry chef that you wanted I think as a child I loved to bake and it made people happy <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like it's similar with my business now like people really love the products and it, and it makes them feel good because they're using something natural that they can trust mm-hmm. and put on their body so I feel like in that regard it's you know an easy sort of transition from pastries to make I'm still you you're know, still making kitchen. I'm yeah like pen making anything yeah. but it's a lot more beneficial than one goes like in your mouth (laughs) and one goes on your mouth (laughs) and what was montreal like when you were growing up was there like was it like really big party like how it is now like what was the vibe of montreal like what 40 years ago 50 yeah i guess around that i mean a little bit 40 years ago yeah Yeah. Uh, 20 years ago (laughs) 20 years ago Uh, well I grew up in the suburbs but I once I turned 16 I was like downtown Montreal as much as possible I love Montreal yeah I had a scooter and I would ride down (laughs) (laughs) and I even love the winters more than I do here like really why because it's cold like it's like freezing cold not like damp like it is here and you prefer freezing cold over damp? Yeah, I find it less cold somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you remember most about your childhood? Mm. Uh, the love being at, I feel like what I, lo- I remember the most is camping. Because we always went really? camping every summer and to the beach. It was always the eastern seaboard somewhere or, um, or the Maritimes. That's my fondest memories of being at the beach, really. That must be where I get that from. <laughs> That's so interesting. <laughs> um, okay, so you grew up in Montreal, and then you moved to Toronto. What was that transition like? Because you were only 18, and you are moving to Toronto on your own. Like, was it scary, or were you really excited? Didn't you move with a boyfriend or something, actually? No, I moved with a band. They were Toronto. <laughs> 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 they had a band. <laughs> And it was this local band, and they were playing at the Bamboo. I don't know if everyone remembers. It was, like, the best club in Toronto. Yeah. It was amazing. And it's not around anymore. Well, did they have, like, a poster on the wall in, like, your cafe? Or, like, how did you 
find out they were driving to oh no i knew them i would see them play in toronto okay yeah sorry in montreal and then um and then they were playing had a gig in toronto so i just loaded all my stuff up and how much stuff did you have not much just like a bag I think I picked up some things like at garage sales <laughs> for my apartment in yeah. Toronto because I had nothing and then I just bought a futon when I got here like I really didn't have much at all no and so you moved in Toronto did you find a place right away did you live in the van what was the vibe it was uh, <laughs> it was yeah it was the beginning of van life I yeah it <laughs> just saying um no I it was uh I think a friend of my father's who's uh, um, daughter and and son-in-law had just bought a house and they're renting the third floor of their house and, and then I got a roommate when I started going to school I found a roommate and where what part of Toronto was that like Beatty Queen Street it was like the red light district at the time oh yeah you were it's living... not anymore though. oh okay it's all I saw Nepalese um was that where we were driving to the other day when we were driving to the baby shower no that was uh another area Oh, was it? Because no. you live in some pretty cool places in Toronto, right? Yeah, I mean, I moved six times, so... Yeah. But, oh, I know, on Jarvis Street? Yeah. Yeah, I lived there at one point, too. Yeah. That was a red light district. <laughs> Just <laughs> lovely areas. Paying street chef. <laughs> what was your favorite part about being a pastry chef? I think this is satisfaction of creating things, like... Working with chocolate was always amazing. And then I worked, when I did my apprenticeship at the um, the Four Seasons Hotel, I worked for a French pastry chef, Philippe Egalon, and he was amazing. Oh, can we look him up? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't that much older than me, really. But, yeah, he was this really intense little French pastry chef, and he just took me under his wing, and, yeah, it was amazing. I really enjoyed, like learning all the aspects of the pastry shop at the Four Seasons. And that's where you met Dad, right? Mm-hmm. He was working. Well, he did. He worked. Uh, I think the butcher had left or something. So when I first met him, he was working in the butcher shop, the butcher part of it, because he could kind of do all the different stations. So he was just filling in. And then he worked uh, banquets. banquets. What did you think of when you first met Dad? Well, I just remember the girl that I was replacing in the pastry yeah. shop. She's like, stay away from him. <laughs> so that's probably why I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't <listen> to <laughs> she was like, stay away. You're like rocking right towards him. <laughs> and because you would have been, I guess, eight. were you 18 when you met Dad? No, I was because um, I went to school at George Brown and then I worked at other places. and So 21 and he was 26. And... What was the vibe? Like, was did you guys, like, start dating right away? Or, like, what was... Was it love at first sight? What was the... Well, I was just breaking up with somebody. <laughs> and he helped me move into my new place. And then I feel like shortly after, he just moved it. And his <laughs> toothbrush was there. And was, uh, <laughs> that's how it worked. That, that, that's so romantic. Wait, that kind of sounds familiar to my story. <laughs> Hi guys, just going to take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk to you about my favorite thing ever, Freedom Club. This is my eight-week business accelerator 
where I teach you all the exact tools that I've used to create a half million dollar business. I create this because I want everyone to live a life of time, location, financial freedom. I know what it's like to sit at home, miserable with where you are, desiring more, wanting more, wanting to live this bigger life, but I had absolutely no idea how to start a business. So now that I've figured it out, I am so excited to teach you exactly how to do the same. So this is how to create your launch strategy, how to create an offer, how to find your why, how to create a marketing strategy, a social strategy, a launch strategy, literally everything. We also meet weekly where you can talk to me. We do weekly Q and A's to get you unstuck. So you are constantly moving forward and building your dream life. My goal with this offer is that you're able to have, like I said, time, location, financial freedom, whatever that looks like for you. More time with your family, moving to Bali, able to quit your nine to five. It's all happened with your students there. And the best part is, is that you're connected with a like-minded community. So we have community component where you meet and you connect with other like-minded people so that you raise your vibration and we are all together better as a group. So if you want to learn more about it, hit the application in the link in the comments. It's a non-committal application. All you have to do is submit. Then we'll hop on a discovery call just to make sure that this offer is exactly what you need and will get you to your goals. So you don't have to go another year with experiencing winter. <laughs> or just you can finally start hitting those goals and that big move, make that big step, whether it's leaving your job, moving across the country, whatever the heck you want to do, it's all possible with the Tools Inside Freedom Club. All right, I can't wait to check out your applications and let's get back to the episode. And then you and dad were together for like most of, like your whole, the rest of your life. Well, the rest of your life, <laughs> but like for the next 30 years. Yeah, so, so you got into pastry and then how long after until you were working the Four Seasons did you move up to like Thornbury, Collingwood area and what made you decide to move up here? Well, we started coming up here on weekends and because because your grandparents had a place up here and we just loved it and then we kept it's like trying to stay longer. I remember sometimes he would drop me off at work at the Four Seasons and I still smell smoky from the <laughs> wire the night before. Yeah. Like we just and then call in sick because we wanted to stay longer up here and then like What I, was it about here that you liked? Uh, well, we love just, you know, we'd go out and harvest wild asparagus and pick berries and go get spring water and uh, it was just, just loved it. Yeah. I know. Just being closer to nature. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you guys officially moved up here um, and then dad got a restaurant, right? When I was 26. Yeah. Because Scott, who's your uncle, had a restaurant and then his partner left and so gave us the opportunity to move up. And, and start running that restaurant, basically. But was that decision hard because you had been living so long in Toronto? I feel like all your friends were there. Was it a difficult decision to move up? No. No? No, not at all. <laughs> it was really easy. Yeah. I don't remember it being difficult whatsoever. He bought, it, he bought Curtis's truck. We had a big Ford F-150. Just, and we, yeah, just, we just, no, I don't remember it being difficult whatsoever just seemed natural of course we wouldn't I would just go we between a rose and we jumped at it yeah and then not soon after I was born right pardon and then I was born like a year and a half later so what was 
What do you remember most about when I was born? Uh, well, you were born in a major snowstorm and it snowed for a week. Yeah. So, driving to the hospital in a snowstorm wasn't... Wasn't Dad freaking out? Yeah, and he borrowed someone's car with four-wheel drive and he was driving like a race car (laughs) driver. (laughs) So that, (laughs) that wasn't good. And then, um, yeah, and then I remember when we brought... I didn't stay long at the hospital, like... Like, and I feel like an hour after you're born, we left. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, because your dad wanted to, like, I don't know, he just wanted to leave. And I was like, don't leave without leaving. <laughs> so I just went. And the nurse was like, well, we have to pee first. So I peed and <laughs> went. Bye. <laughs> so it was your first pregnancy. So was the experience of pregnancy, like, what you imagined? Or was it different than what you imagined? being pregnant have like birthing a child oh well I was really lucky because I had a midwife and a doctor and it was like the first midwife at that hospital right or something well so your grandma like your aunt had a midwife in New York and I didn't and then and your um and then your grandmother uh was uh kept nagging me are you gonna get a midwife you're gonna get a midwife and I didn't even know what a midwife really I'm surprised I know it was amazing but I honestly so grateful yeah it was like the best thing could have ever happened really and and so I I had this doctor but she wasn't very she wouldn't have worked alongside with a midwife so once I got the midwife I had to switch doctors and then so for your birth it was in the hospital but with a midwife and a doctor because it's when midwife just became legal that that year that you were born oh yeah that's what it was why wouldn't that doctor work with a midwife well it's like some doctors don't you know believe in chiropractors that type of thing she didn't believe in midwives either. And for any anyone listening wondering what a midwife is, can you quickly like explain what that is? Well, she she's um, she takes you from like even maybe preconception, maybe now these days. Yeah. And and you have like monthly visits, and and then as it gets closer to your due date, you have like every two weeks or every weekly visit and then but she's gonna be there for your birth like the difference is that if you have a doctor they not might not be on schedule when you're when you're going through your she's like your advocate right yeah yeah and she'll be able to say like she might say oh um you you can't you're not um eligible to have the baby at home because of certain health risks right so yeah so she just kind of follows you and and i feel like as up until six weeks after you were born she you know she helps you with nursing and everything everything that you and any questions she's there for you basically I mean they work 24 7 jamming most of them so I can't even imagine how you would do it without a midwife mm-hmm. so okay so then you have me so then what was your experience like raising your first child well I feel like it was not it was very um uh Neglected? No, I mean, um, no, when you like in the winter time when you're stuck inside, kind of thing. Like sheltered? No. Oh, um, like you're hi, hi- <laughs> like when you're um, like a bear hyper or like hibernating. Hibernating. 
<laughs> um, I was kind of separated from society. I know, because it was in the winter, so it was... I just feel like, yeah, it was, I just, it's not like it is now where there's so much information and so much support and everything. Yeah. So I feel it was big learning curve. Secluded. Uh, what's the word? You just felt like you couldn't, like there wasn't many people around or what was the vibe? Yeah. Like, because everyone else that I worked with, like I got, I knew from up here they all had babies that were like five, you know, that baby was five or six years ago. They were all older. Yeah. I didn't know anyone that had a baby until I met Elise. And it's the weird, you know, not like now you can connect with people way beforehand. And yeah. It's amazing. But was there Google then? No, because that was just starting. That was just starting. So the, there was only a book like what to expect when you're expecting. <laughs> mm, yeah. And some of it wasn't even like. There's some methods that, you know, like a baby would cry and that's pretty crap. <laughs> so what did you learn most about raising a child? Okay. Um, I think it's, I learned uh, more about like community, mm. you know, like in this little play group and that kind of thing. Like the power of community? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, networking. I mean, that's where that was so important, right? Because you need support, like from other young mothers. So then I found play group. That was my main <laughs> social play group was lit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were um, you sorry? Go ahead. Oh, okay. Were you ever scared to be a parent? Um. Yeah, I guess it's like the unknown. You don't know, and I didn't have much experience with like babies in general in my life so it was definitely dependent on like the midwives or just other moms any of the older moms that I did know helped me like yeah I, like I wouldn't have thought of nursing you in a restaurant but and then another mom's like oh you know that worked at the restaurant just said oh just put a little seating blanket over and you know just and then I remember going into sounds the like st- you raised me in the cape as a cape woman <laughs> going into a store I remember you'd start crying I was like oh my god it's like alarms are going out but you're just like a little baby like it just yeah everything seemed more <laughs> what are three words that you would say that represents your parenting style three words yeah um, I feel compassionate Loving. You're looking at me for validation. <laughs> I don't know. A good sense of humor. <laughs> I guess that's not parenting. Style. No, that's, that's like a friend. <laughs> I would say, I'd say more of a laid back, but allowing like your children to blossom. Like I never wanted to push things on you. Yeah, I really appreciate that, actually. Yeah, because that's where I grew up, whereas, like, things were pushed on me, and never, and I just, like, there's so many, like, it was more sort of, you were the guiding light, like, you had to guide, like, no, like, I didn't want to push anything on you. Yeah, and remember you didn't believe in grounding? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and all my friends are like, wow, you're so lucky! <laughs> um... But I think that's actually really cool because... Like, the, get the opposite of mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were grassroots. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> because growing up, you... Not that you like didn't have expectations of us, but I never felt like I had to be anything 
you never put pressure on me to like succeed in a way and I know it sounds kind of weird but it's like I and I remember I'd be upset with you because I'm like I want to be like my friends and they get stickers whenever they do like a oh, you know, oh yeah get yeah, paid to read yeah and I remember you're always like well you'll thank me in the future for and bribery I never yeah read with bribery but I was either. so jealous of that because I was like oh they're getting toys and like they get money and they get allowances mm. and I was like I want that but now I can reflect on that and be like, okay, wow, I really have this innate drive that I have because of how you raised me. And even that, like, you know, when people say, I'm so proud of you. Well, I wanted, I, I don't want you to do things for me. I want you to be proud of yourself. And I feel like that's really important because I just didn't think that it was right for you to kind of base your actions on just to make me proud. You need to do it for yourself. Yeah, but I think as someone, like, for me, because dad was very, like, words of affirmation. So he was always like, I'm so proud of you, I'm so proud of you. Like, I think, actually, you two had very different parenting styles. I don't even know how you describe dad's parenting (laughs) style. Beer. (laughs) Um, Boulevard knots. Yeah. But, so I think, though, like, reflecting now, you know, I do miss that as well because I kind of was like used to that with dad Mm -hmm. and so now that you know dad's gone it's like I do miss having that like words of affirmation from dad and Mm -hmm. so as much as like yes I'm proud of myself it's still like my love language to receive that do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I wonder if love languages like develop through child like development you know because Mm -hmm. I feel like your love language what's your love language is it words or acts of service and words of affirmation. Yeah. Because I feel like you give love with acts of service. Mm-hmm. Because you make us desserts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and food. And like, you know, you'll do things. And that's... But then, which I appreciate so deeply. But it's just been interesting. Like, well, I mean, for those I of you who don't know, you know, I've been away. Me and mom have been seeing each other for like three years. Mm-hmm. And so it's like coming home and like having that deeper realization. I was like, oh as in a relationship how you like in a partnership how you have to like recognize the love language i think you also have to realize that with your parents as well Mm, and like i don't know if a child knows what their love language is but i think also verbalizing to your parents like oh my love language is like words of affirmation so even if you like even though you want me to be proud of myself i would appreciate like hearing it Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean Because, I mean, I'm 28 now, so I'm like... I mean, it's just that word, the proud word. I think I have an issue with yeah, it. Yeah, what, what is that? Very, I remember because a good friend of mine who had, like, four kids, she was the one who... It was probably came from some, you know, child-rearing book, and it was like... And that's what... It was Barbara Carduso or something like that, and that's what she said. And then when my friend said it, I was like, okay, that, that makes sense to me. What do you me. mean, don't say the word proud? Yeah. Why? Because of that, so that... You know, oh, so that they become proud for themselves. Yeah. Huh. Well, I don't know if it's worked for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm completely, utterly, over the top proud of you. (laughs) Is the truth. I just (laughs) time stamp, (laughs) remove audio, play (laughs) repeatedly. Um. So, what, like. Being in, like, in a partnership with dad, like, you know, what was it like raising children? Like, what was your biggest takeaway and advice to someone else who's, like, raising a child with someone else? 
And, like, what did dad teach you around, like, growing a family with someone else? And, like, how would you describe that partnership and what that taught you? Well, I feel like you only say opposites attract. (laughs) 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 You know, that sort of uh, describes our relationship. But but also, um, I think that's a good thing to sort of have in place before you have kids because... But, I mean, as long as your values are similar, I feel like mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. Would you say that your yours and dad's values are similar? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Or I could convince them on the <laughs> <other> side. <laughs> what do you think the world needs more of right now? Just love and acceptance. Like, yeah. I, I know, it really does. I mean, I had a friend that just passed away not too long ago, and I remember she said, like, she did say this. She's like, well, and then she, because she's very upset about the whole situation with COVID and mm-hmm. what's going on in society. And, and then she just said one time, uh, she said, you know, all we need is love. And it's true. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we just accept each other for who they truly are, then um, it'll be a much better world, you know? What were the three best decisions you've ever made in your life? I'm moving up here. Yeah. Um, having children. I was gonna say if I'm not in this. <laughs> uh, adopting Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Barry's listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel that was a really. Even though it wasn't my, I wasn't like wanting to, another dog right away. Yeah, Barry's our dog, by the way. I feel like that was, I always say I'm very grateful to have him. (laughs) I think Barry is truly an angel that has been sent to this planet to, like, raise the vibration of our family. Yeah. That it's, like, 100%. He is, I know everyone says this about their dog. I feel like, (laughs) you know, when people have kids, they're like, my kid's a genius. I feel like I'm like that with Barry. Yeah. But But it's true, though. (laughs) It's it's true. (laughs) He's the best dog, and... If you know him, you know, you know, and he, I really think we should get him in some sort of like, oh, what's the support dog situation? Because yeah, be he's got some magic it. powers. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the P word, what are you most proud of in your life? Of myself? Yeah. What are you most proud of in life? overcoming many obstacles yeah yeah you've had to overcome a lot and what has been the biggest thing that has helped you overcome you know all the trauma that you've experienced um i think support like especially a supportive community yeah like i feel like that's when i've had the most like the, i like gushing <laughs> gratitude feeling after like when we were planning your dad's celebration of life because the whole community just came together and supported us and that's a beautiful thing that the money can't buy it's just yeah the way it is and where we live we're very fortunate that way I remember feeling that so deeply and mm-hmm. I think it's you don't realize how much love you have surround you when you until you like need it the mm-hmm. most but then it's taught me to be more supportive of other people too mm. because which I think is really that's a huge lesson too like wow this is the way this is what you should do kind of <laughs> even though I'm like 
feel, you know, I think about other people and that, but don't you, you know, really go out of your way to help people like they did for us. I think it's really important just keep it moving, you know, keep pushing or keep it going forward. The momentum? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What three events most shaped your life? Uh, well, you know, big moves, I guess. Moving yeah. to Toronto. Because that was a big leap, basically. Yeah. Moving up here. Yeah. And having children. I mean, those are all life-changing yeah. experiences. What... Was having children... Like, I'm just trying to get into the mindset of what it's like to birth a child. (laughs) Like, what did you wish you knew when you first had children? Something you wish you could tell yourself when you first had children that you learned later. Uh, I think support is really important. So find support right away. Yeah, like, have a support group in place. Because... You just your body's going through so many changes. You don't lacking of sleep, like I just I really admire like when I see, you know, my friends who are now grandmothers and how much effort they give to their daughters and like when they're having their mm-hmm. children. I think, wow, like the, those kids are so lucky. I I just didn't have that support at all. Yeah, and I and I think it's I think it's important. Like I think. It just makes it easier. It's just easier, like a community effort, you know? Like, it's, yeah. it takes a community to raise a child. And I think that, you know, in other cultures, it's like that. It just isn't like that here. But I feel with social media and, like, Facebook, Facebook and groups, all that, yeah. yeah, then it's so much, it's all accessible, you know, no matter where you are. Amazing. What were the three most positive moments of your life? And don't say the move and having <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like, what are three memories that stick out to you most in your whole life that were, like, the best days? My memories aren't that great. <laughs> <laughs> She's going cross-eyed. <laughs> she it was like biking around France <laughs> around Paris I should say yeah yeah I love that when you were there by yourself mm-hmm. and then I went on a tour it was like um and it was you know you got to see all the um landmarks but mm-hmm. I know they the there was young guides there that would talk about it but it was just I don't know, I don't know it was just it was like a perfect day and biking around Paris uh, you know in the spring <laughs> really matter I think okay so that's one what is another one um I feel like anytime like we're all together you Blake and I are together just makes me feel good how you guys get along because you fought so much when you were little (laughs) like every minute and then now that you get along so well I think that's a beautiful that just makes me feel good inside makes me um, yeah. I could imagine as a mother that feels nice. It does. It really does. It gives you a warmest feeling. Like, you know, pat yourself on the back sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I just must have done something right with each other. 
What did me and Blake fight most often about? I feel because you were close in age, and you were, and it's not like you were more like of a, not, I wouldn't say tomboy, because I don't like label you, but, you know, you guys like similar things a lot of the time, so you would just fight over them, or for attention, or, <laughs> I'm guessing, that comes into play. I feel like Blake never fought for attention. I feel like I was fighting for attention. Yeah. I'm happy those days are behind us. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? When did we stop fighting? Uh, I think as soon as, like, you, like, when you went to, way to university. Oh, no. We didn't fight that long. Did we? Um, well, I mean, uh, it was close to that time, I think, when I realized that you guys actually do love each other. <laughs> you know? It wasn't just you, it was to be your friend, like, ooh, we don't want your brother playing with us, or any of you. I remember he'd always come and be like, hey girls, are you playing? I'm like, no! <laughs> oh, poor Blake. Okay, what's one more of the most positive things that happened in your life? I don't know, I guess meeting my birth parents, like, solving that mystery. <laughs> yeah. You know? Can we talk about that story? Yeah, I guess that was when I was 38. Because I had, I had requested to um, find out my birth parents when I was younger, but then I moved so many times in Toronto and I didn't switch my address, so they might have contacted me, but I kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. But then when you guys were little and you were starting to do projects in school about you know your family tree, there was nothing really much from my side. It was all from your dad's side. Mm-hmm. So that kind of inspired me. I feel like it was more I wanted to know too. <laughs> like I say that, but that kind of gave me the push to to really um, look into it further. So, what was the journey like finding your birth parents? Well, initially, uh, when my number came up and they connected us, it was we just wrote letters back and forth a few times. It was called oh, yeah. Cutting Our Hands. Remember yeah. that? Remember that uh, Nanny had a horse at that time? Yeah. I'm we excited because we had a horse. <laughs> but then that time we met her, she had sold the horse or something. I was like pissed, don't want to meet them anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it was really nice. And remember when we met the first time, like we all went and met her, and yeah. Blake was taking pictures of everybody together. <laughs> He's always like a family kind of guy. What was the experience like, though? Like, beginning journey of trying to find you as an investigator like I actually don't even know oh just I had to go through like the agency that I was born through in Montreal oh and apply there okay but initially it was all you know it wasn't online I feel like maybe now it would be really quick to find out I'm not sure but it was so backlogged and back then it was they said oh it's gonna take three or four years and then when you're young but that just seems like so long a lifetime so and so, for everyone listening, you know, just in case anyone's confused, you were adopted mm-hmm. in Montreal at, like, a baby, right? Like, nine months old. Yeah. And then, and then we found your birth parents. So, then you lived in Montreal most of your Grew life. in Montreal. Yeah. yeah. And then, but your birth parents are from Ottawa, right? Mm-hmm. Or were they from Montreal? Well, they were originally from Montreal, but then they moved to Ottawa. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, out south of Ottawa. So, what was your thought, like... What were you thinking in your mind when you first met them? Well, first of all, I was shocked <laughs> that I was going to meet my dad because I just assumed my mom 
was like just a single young woman who had a yeah. baby out of wedlock and that's why but then to find out that they're actually like I was like that the, they did stay together and, and that's crazy married. isn't it and then I have a brother and a sister I think it was harder on my sister because she was pissed <laughs> yeah because they didn't know right yeah she was pissed off because she doesn't she never knew she she had a sister and she always wanted a sister yeah <laughs> so she was really hard on my andrea's probably listening to this actually <laughs> hi andrea we love you <laughs> <laughs> and i just said well we you know, can't change the past right so um just like move forward and yeah but it was i mean that was hard to accept <laughs> like that um initially at least sure yeah and then i had my moments but now i'm fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was, sometimes it was hard because then you know you hear about what you know they did growing up and then yeah know, it just kind of felt like where do i belong in this you know mm-hmm. really <laughs> okay but can we talk about how similar you and your mom are because i mean like you said you didn't meet her until you were 38 but then looking back at it you two were so similar how does that even work like can you talk about how many similarities you two had? Uh, well, yes, we both went, like, I used to go do crafts in in the elementary school, the classes, and, and she did the same thing. Um, she uh, loves to garden as well. Um, yeah, I feel... Like, uh... Like, you two are just two peas in a pod. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to see it from... I just know we have, like, similar, you know, hobbies and... Yeah, so then, you know, finding out that, you know, your birth family, and then we, like, you know, we all found out we just had this whole other huge family, which was kind of cool. Hmm. And what was, like, the biggest... If there's someone listening to this episode who's, you know, maybe in the process of wanting to find their birth parents what type of advice or maybe they don't want to but they're it's something they've thought about what type of advice would you give that person i guess it depends what sort of relationship they have with their adoptive parents too because sometimes that can get complicated yeah but i feel like it's important to know and then also because as you the longer you wait the older you're birth parents are so I didn't really know my dad for very long and then he passed away so I feel like if you're thinking about it it's worth doing sooner than later just for that reason alone it's a little bit morbid (laughs) (laughs) like I've heard of people like you know looking and then they found out that one of their parents just died or something so I guess that's why no I think that's a good reminder um, yeah I think it's I don't know everyone has to make decide what's best for them but so, what what did I want to be when I was growing up? Um, I feel like I remember you said you wanted to move and have an apartment in Barrie <laughs> <laughs> with your friend. That was a big plan. And so you'd be close to the mall. Most likely, <laughs> I don't know what other the draw was. <laughs> and uh, I feel like we didn't really, I don't know, we just... Didn't I want to be an actress? No. I, oh, I, I thought you told me that once. I feel like you were always 
well, loving to work on the computer. I mean, you were the first one. You had the first laptop in the family at 13. Yeah. That's what you wanted for Christmas. I'm probably about a Bill Gates or something. Yeah, but this was more like a designer. If anything, it was like yeah. interior designer, anything to do with design, mm. that type of thing, for sure. Cool. That's cool, because that's kind of, you know, what I've... Yeah, you just come by it naturally, just like golf now, and guitar, and I feel like so many things you just I Golf up. does not come naturally. You played so well. You that was well. well. Yes. <laughs> you guys, you really we played did. golf yesterday. My No, two days ago, my arm is still sore. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, I was, like, hoofing it. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stress you relief, actually. Yeah, exactly. No, but your fun. body twists so, f- like, it's such a twist. And I'm like, that, for people who pay professional golf, they have to do a bunch of physio, I would feel like. Because, like, hitting that ball and, like, twisting in that way... I feel like it can't be good for your body. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't know if there's many sports injuries from golf. <laughs> I mean, it's more Me? like tennis. Like, there's a lot more high Golf impact. ball in the head would have really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> there's a few fours that we heard. Yeah. yeah. No, it was really fun. We have, like, a really great golf course here that um, is, like. three. It's very casual, laid back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what made you get into golf? Um, I, I always loved it, actually. I really? To, well, I loved, I mean, mini pot, I used to always love it. And then, but then, uh, I know when I was like 16 or something, I had a boyfriend who was, who was like a three handicap or something. And I played once with him and my dad and it was just super fun. Like he just, you just when you're so bad. <laughs> he was three just, handicap at 16? Yeah. He I think that's just good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really Wait, three good handicap good. at mini pot? Oh my goodness! So and then yeah, and then I guess because Rob was playing with his friend, I was like, "Mm, maybe they'll invite me one time. And and then I took a lesson, and then then I really wanted to play. Yeah, you're really good, and I also feel like it's really nice just to like we spent like three hours outside just walking around. Yeah, I got super sunburned, but it was so much fun. And it's beautiful there. Yeah, it's extremely beautiful. Yeah. Like if it if I don't know it has to be a really pretty golf course too. Otherwise, no, it's all she doesn't play in the ghetto. It's all part of it, though, you know. Like no, totally, totally. Enjoying the beauty of being outdoors, or the birds. There's like so many birds mm-hmm. there, and there's ponds and beautiful. I don't know. It's just, that's part of it. I wouldn't really go if it wasn't that beautiful. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are gonna wonder, like, what are your thoughts on the fact that I am such like a nomadic human? Like, I'm always traveling, you know, around the world. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's amazing. Yeah. You're just following your dreams and yeah. being you. Like, that's incredible what you've done, really. It's really incredible. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, what does your mom think? Or doesn't your mom? And I'm like, of course she would like me home, but I think you're, you're really I just supportive. Want you to be happy. <laughs> yeah. And, and as far away as possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know you do you like whatever it takes I just of course I want you to be closer but then but I don't want you to be closer and be unhappy like that doesn't it doesn't work Mm -hmm. but I just want you to be happy and if that's what you want you know and good for you you know I can live vicariously through you (laughs) and um yeah why wouldn't you if you can you have the opportunity to travel yeah why not I was giving my mom a business coaching session last night, <laughs> and 
I'm trying to convince my mom to set up her life so she can live with me in somewhere tropical for the winters. Because you don't, I get my, this is your fault because I get my hate for winters from you. I, no, I, I wasn't this bad. I don't feel like when you guys were little, I just didn't No, when you're little, I liked, I actually liked, there was a point in my life where I actually liked winter more than summer. Yeah. Yeah. But then I feel like the minute that I wasn't just like a child and couldn't just like, didn't have fun like making snowmen or like mm-hmm. and couldn't ski every season well I guess I could now but I didn't have the flexibility before <clears throat> um winter becomes a little bit dreary well yeah I love winter I love the snow and the cold yeah. I don't mind all that it's just that those in between November and like and damp and March. dark and, yeah and yeah it's do you struggle hard. with p uh uh, Am I sad? Yeah, I yeah. Think so because actually, I started. I was gonna say PTSD. <laughs> I started using a sad light, and I think it really helped. Seasonal affectionate depressive disorder or something, yeah, right? Seasonal, um, seasonal. Basically, you get sad during winter. Because of this, yeah. there's not as much if vitamin you put D. The light on first thing in the morning. It's really good because it's kind of like you're waking up to a sunny day. How can that? Make, how can you be in bad mood? <laughs> yeah, but it's like a light blinding you in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think so, because, like, I remember one January, we didn't have sun for, like, three weeks. Like, that's... Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I would have been on the first plane out of here. I know, it was just bizarre. So, hopefully this winter you'll be with me where I am, right? At least right? for a month somewhere. Yeah. I feel like I can get away for a month in January. What life philosophy do you live by? I feel like it changes. <laughs> YOLO! <laughs> 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 I feel like it changes really. I mean, it's all sort of the same idea, but what's it right now? Now I keep going back to that love. It's all just yeah. love, yeah, because it's true. I mean, it's well, love is the highest vibration. Yeah, and it's so true. Love conquers all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you get kind of in a stitch. What do you call it? Like a a mood about something, and then you realize, like, posh. And gratitude, like, just more, like, yeah, being more grateful for what, especially with all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world, but pretty good, I gotta say. Thinking about, you know, all the trauma that you've experienced, what has been, like, the number one modality that has helped you heal the most? Uh, I think just sense of humor. Really? I was gonna be like wine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I'm thinking like a uh, like a treatment or like like therapy. Like you talk about black pearl therapy, like mm. different types of something that someone else can maybe access. Yeah. Um. I think. Um, I think I did do a lot of different therapies, like try a lot of things, and I'm sure they did help. But then I at one point I realized. I need to kind of, like, do this for myself, like, mm. find it within myself, you know? And I find, like, um, I find, like, I have this little book with, like, little daily quotes in it, and I find that really helpful. Who to buy? It's, um... Uh, uh, we like specifics here. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I just discovered it in, like, low, uh, midwinter or something. But it's every single day of the year. It's from... I mean, Caddy, and it's got, it's called Opening Doors Within, and it's 365 daily meditations from Finhorn. 
Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You guys, the book has a bookmark in it that I'm pretty sure I made like it's 25 years ago. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, that, that really threw like me back. That. I find this really helpful. And um, yeah, so I feel like that kind of gives you food for thought for sure. <laughs> but also, um, yeah, I feel like breathing, meditation, and, and yoga, those are all very helpful. Not that I do them enough. But I'm going to try um, Qigong. Actually, it's tomorrow. I just realized it's tomorrow night. I was going to ask you if you want to come. Qigong? Qigong. What's that? It's like, it's kind of like... Tai- Sounds like Kegels. <laughs> tai Chi along that lines, but yeah. like thousand year old, like thousands of years old type of... Um, Is it like an exercise? Yeah, but then it really works on your fascia, like the... Yeah. Kind of the, the That's just interesting. your organs together, and I think it'll be I'll good. I'll try it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so you're th- saying, like, just go within, like, don't look with outside of you for help, like, more look within has been most helpful for you? Yeah, I feel like it's just whatever you need at that time, you know, it's... And getting used to asking yourself what you need. Yeah, getting used to asking yourself, because I found, like, especially, like, in the winter and that week when my friend passed away, that's when I d- discovered that black pearl therapy. Yeah. And I thought it really helped a lot, and... Uh, I mean, there's so much out there. Even just on Instagram, there's these amazing um, uh, posts that I see, and it's like relationship advice, or mm. you know, and you'll just see a post. And I feel like there's a lot of great information out totally. there. Totally, it, it finds you <laughs> <laughs> too. Um, I think something really cool about your mom is literally you start the trends. Do. you do i was like but what am i starting now i feel like... but i feel like the black pearl therapy oh maybe because like birkenstocks you started meditation. Oh, meditation i remember you'd be like Mother, you should start meditating i'm like what's meditation and now it's like boom actually i should just blend I, stones blend stones i said that <laughs> birkenstocks? You said birkenstocks oh sorry sorry i, I didn't say birkenstocks blend. because we wore them in the kitchens okay yeah and so crocs no <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking credit for that one. <laughs> no, but I feel like a lot of, like, gua sha, you were doing so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, aromatherapy. Yeah, aromatherapy. People be like, what's aromatherapy? And Aroma who? Yeah. Aromatherapy certification. And people are like, what is that? And and now it's so, it's huge. And I feel like, you know, you have bees. And I feel like bees are going to become, like, the next thing that people have. Like, screw chickens. People are going to, like, have bees. <laughs> Um, I feel like we're not, we're not saying good examples right now, but it's so crazy. I'm, my next business idea, I'm just going to be like, whatever you do, what you're into right now, I'm just going to do because then it will come in trend. Do you know what I mean? Um, we're moving up out of the city. Yeah. Look be- at all of your dad's friends that's moved up here. Yeah. Everyone's moved area. up here now. This is the hot place to be. Mm-hmm. You should have bought up all the real estate. Okay, mom. Well, thanks so much for joining us. That was so much fun. Was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? No, it was fun. (laughs) I told you. You guys, my mom put this off for weeks. And she's like, I'll do it when you get home. Okay, I have to eat lunch. Okay, I have to make some creams. I'm like, woman, sit down. (laughs) What's one piece of advice that you want to leave the audience with? Something new. Something new? Yeah. 
Don't oh. put off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not worth the hairy eyeball you get. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good piece of advice of nothing is as hard as you expect it to be, right? It's true. Mm-hmm. Mom, I think everyone's going to really love this and want to, you know, follow you and learn more about you. So can you tell us more about where people can buy your products and find your Instagram? Uh, well, my Instagram is, is amamaskincare underscore and my website is amama.ca. Guys, let me know if you think my mom needs her own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... Everything just needs to be love. And, <laughs> and maybe you can read out. You know, actually, a lot of people say you have a very soothing voice. Hmm. I wish I got that from you. <laughs> you could read out your daily doors wisdom or open doors today? wisdom every day. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. I could. It's, yeah. Okay, well, thanks so much for being here, you guys. My mom's products are incredible, all organic. I'm a huge, my favorite is the deodorant and the lip balm and the rose toner. But if I could choose one, get the deodorant because it's impossible to find really good all-natural deodorant. It's the only one that's ever worked for me and it's the best one. But it's also the best lip balm I've ever had. So those are my favorites. So thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. 100th episode, baby. (laughs) Congratulations. Yay. Thanks, Mom. Okay, thanks for being here, you guys. And we'll see you next week for another really special episode as well. Okay, thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.